Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now. Hey, welcome to the Double Dropkick Show. I'm Heath Mulliken. And I'm Mark Whitman. And we're taking and, a detour from... And, what? And they like gold. Heath's like golden nuggets to me. <laughs> and we are taking a detour and talking a little bit about Tiger King. This is kind of our second episode, uh, just diving into this cultural phenomenon uh, that has taken the whole world by storm. And what a, what a pleasant distraction during a worldwide pandemic. Yep. Now, Mark, we didn't talk about this on the last episode. You've watched this twice now. Yes, sir. I have. I have because I watched it, and then my wife wanted to watch it, and I went, "Oh, you're watching Tiger King?" And she said, "Yeah." And I said, well, "I'm going to sit down because we were. I was working all weekend, so like as I would get off in the evenings, I would watch an episode or two. And she wasn't here because she was working, you know. Oh, right, right. But then, like when she got off, I was off. And we had a couple of days off at the same time, and she said she wanted to watch it. So, I like, I would – and I didn't sit and watch every single minute of it. But, like, I would definitely sit down for – when I knew something major was going to happen, I would be there for that because I wanted to see her reaction. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, what – before we dive too deep, what were some things you saw the second time through that you didn't pick up on the first time? Well, I think I mentioned it last time. Him, when when the the young lady got her arm ripped off, and he made sure that he put the oh, the yeah. bomber ja- the bomber jacket on with the the EMS symbol on the back. Uh, I tell you, the most underrated scene, and I thought it the first time. I kind of thought it was was funny, but the second time, just the, the most underrated scene on the entire show that nobody's really talking about is in the last episode when fat Chucky's riding that jet ski and they're playing eye of the tiger. Yeah. That's the best scene of the whole show, man. When, the whole run. That was to me, that's like my most favorite thing. And I was like, and you know what I did Yeah. immediately after I watched it the second time I Googled how much jet skis cost. <laughs> seeing the meme and I'm seeing the meme of him and I didn't because I hadn't watched the show yet so I didn't know until I'm watching the show I'm like oh that's the guy from the meme we hadn't even talked about him yet let's talk yeah. about him well uh, Guster what's his name Gutterson oh. Gutterson Gutter <laughs> Gutterat Garrison, Garrison maybe Garrison. something like that anyway the informant yeah yeah, does he? Is that was he, another. That was another meme that said a Hollywood FBI informant that had a picture of Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> you know, real, real, real life FBI informant had a picture of that guy. Um, uh, the one of the most real moments of the entire series is when they're talking to John, and he's like, well, what do you think about so-and-so working with the FBI? And he goes, what? He had no idea. Yeah. 
That's right. Like he's like, whoa, so and so is working for the FBI, and like he, you could tell it's like, oh, this guy uh, knows stuff. Um, yeah, there was a nervousness on his part. Like he was thinking about all the stuff he'd been involved in. He even said it at some point where he was kind of worried that it, some of it was going to blow back on him. Oh, dude, they haven't scratched the surface of the illegality, at least from a law enforcement <laughs> standpoint. Of course, they've given them a five or how many ever ever episodes is they've given them all these episodes of uh, what we like to call in the legal term evidence of criminal <laughs> yes. wrongdoing. Yes. Uh-huh. Malice um, aforethought. The, so, the informant, I'm pretty sure he owns a thrift store, right? He owns some strip clubs. He evidently sold a guy a Hummer that the guy claimed was... You stolen? Stolen. There's something going on with some credit cards. That guy's got sure. his hands... It seems like he's got his hands in many of the criminal underworld's buckets. Which I think you're right. I think he, he was sitting in a pawn shop. You know? Craziness. But he... Yeah. You know, it's he, a, Go ahead. It's amazing. They... Because he becomes the informant, it becomes like he's the good guy. But most of the time, the way you become an FBI informant is by being a bad guy. Yeah. And even, like, he said some stuff at the end where he's thinking, you know, I'm responsible for this and getting it. Because, you know, I don't know what happened, but it sounded an awful lot like they concocted a story where this guy left. Anyway. They give him some money to leave. Yeah. And then he said that he'd been given that money to go kill that lady. Right. And I don't know if that's what happened or not, but that's the way I read it. And I think that's the way that they intended it for it to come across. Yeah. And, uh, and the, they, that they had pretty much set Joe up. But that's, when I was a kid, my pop used to tell me things like, don't go around talking about, don't go around throwing threats around. Yes. And I want to kill this person and I want to kill that. I want to, I'm, if I get a chance, I'm going to shoot her. And I'm like, because then if, if something happens, you on record shooting mannequins over and burning her in effigy and yeah. got her thing with her head in the jar. And then all of a sudden, when somebody makes a claim like you've tried to pay someone to kill her, he even said at some point on the show right before the uh, the deal burned down, I'll find somebody that needs $10,000. I heard him say. Yes. Um, he only so, has himself to blame. Yeah, he was. He's on. He's on camera making all these outrageous threats and claims, and then when somebody, you know, somebody says he did something, everybody believes it. But the one of the most shock, one of the most shocking turns of the whole series was this: uh, the informant growing a conscience by the end of the thing. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it was strange, man. That was a that was a baby face turn I didn't see coming. <laughs> and then he said, I may not be done. Right. Right. Because, so listen, they, they've only scratched 10% <coughs> of the surface of this stuff. Oh, yeah, there's got to be another season. Yeah, please. You know? As soon as I possible. I tell you, man, what I would, if I was them, and I would, they touched upon it in the show. 
just for they spent like two minutes talking about this situation that happened um and i remember it a couple of years ago i mean it's probably been 15 years ago now i don't remember but the story about the guy who had the exotic animal farm and and was the town was kept trying to shut him down yeah and he opened the gates up and then killed himself and released these animals that's a documentary Yes. That, you can do a whole series about that guy. Everything that went wrong there, and how many animals died that day, and he died. You know, like they barely scratched. They just touched upon it and mentioned it, but there—that's a whole. That—that's a whole documentary series right there. Right. Right. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember that story when that happened. It was just like, what? Like that's a possibility. Yeah, and there's one of the, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, there's one of those, a couple, you know, an hour from here. Where? And uh, over towards Spartanburg. Oh, you mean the Hollywood, or what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, Hollywood. Dude, I have been to Hollywood and got in, They were we were filming something for a church conference. I got I in there with that. the rhino. I remember that. Let me tell you. That was, uh, yeah, I was about, I mean, I was within 50 feet of a rhino. Yeah. But they said, as long as this, as long as you're on this side of this rock, this rhino thinks this rhino's eyesight's, I mean, this is how all rhinos are. They can't see. And he thinks that rock is a mountain and he, he doesn't even hardly know you're there. Yeah. Huh. Did that calm your nerves at all? Uh, let's just say I, I'm a typically a one-take kind of guy. On that yeah. day, it took me several takes. Oh, really? But uh, you know, that's strange. I mean, because you grew up around animals that, I mean, they could kill you and do occasionally kill people, right? I mean, there's people that have been killed by their, their herd of cattle. Well, as long as you can keep the cows away from the guns, you're pretty safe. Do what? As long as you can keep a cow away from a gun, you're pretty safe. Yeah, but I mean, occasionally they do get after you, right? Yeah, but like, but cow, like, you, like, when I remember growing up, my dad, like, if we were going around a cow that was dangerous, he would say, that cow's crazy, look out. Right. He knew. He would, you know, he'd have hundreds of cows, and he could point out to you, that one's crazy, and that one's crazy, and the rest of them ain't going to mess with you. Right. And this, uh, So you never had any problem with any He had bulls, right? And the bulls would not, the bulls just, I remember we had, seeing, we, uh, we were at church one Sunday, and somebody said, Bobby, you got a bull out. And we we come up uh, not far from where Corinth is. And sure enough, there's this bull out in the road. And he's just bellowing. And we realized that, I mean, he was all beat up. And at first we thought it was from the fence. But no, he had been in a fight with another bull. And that bull was coming over to the fence. And the one that was already out that got his butt kicked, he's still bellowing. And my daddy said, I'll never forget this. My daddy says, this bull ain't got no sense. He doesn't got his butt kicked once. He wants some more. <laughs> uh, 
And I said, well, how do you know he got his butt kicked? him? like, he's the one on the outside of the fence. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, but even as we were kind of getting that bull up, he was, I mean, I was feet, I mean, I, you know, 20, 30 feet from him. We're trying to just kind of walk him through. Yeah, I wasn't, I, my dad wasn't worried about him really charging us. We were trying to just get him in the, in the, uh, you know, back in the fence or whatever. I, you know, um, yeah, cows are a different, uh, isn't isn't this weird that everything Joe Exotic does with tigers, that's what my dad does with cows. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, But I think you, I mean, I think the difference is, most American farmers and ranchers have, have ethics and morals. That's right. I mean, very... your, your, your dad's an ethical guy. I mean, he's not mistreating his animals. No, yeah, no. I mean, we are, we are eventually going to eat them. Right. That but true. that's what they're for. That's what they're for. But and he's here... not mistreating them up until that point. But here's, but here's the thing with, um, tigers. What are they for? Like you breeding, like my dad's breeding all these cows because he's trying to feed America, right? But if we breed, I mean, we talked about this the last episode. Like, okay, you're breeding all these tigers. What, what are they for? Well, you understand the the, the cub petting, right? No, no, no. I, I, right. Like, you know, but you, what? Do you know how much? You know how much that costs? I'm not right? talking about the money. That's like, not I, under, I understand the money. I understand the money. But what right. I'm saying is with a with a cow, it's not a purely financial transaction. There is a need there is a there's a need there. I got you. Yeah, but yeah. with a tiger it is purely fi- financial. And once a tiger once they get a certain age, you can't pet them anymore. You can't do they become they become dangerous. A cow doesn't reach a certain age and just like, "Oh, well, well, that cow is going to start eating people now. Right. Yeah, and it's not, it's a small window, evidently. They said, what did I pick up on the second time? Um, I think like 12 weeks. Yeah, it's very, it's very small. For, pet, for petting those cubs. He said, after that, they bite your finger off. Crazy, man. Crazy. Um, let's talk about the documentary uh, filmer. Uh, we'll call him. We're calling everybody by their proper names. We'll call this guy Cigarette and Hat Guy. Um, <laughs> this is this man knew he was sitting on a gold mine. Oh, he did because you got to imagine when he started doing this. Yeah, basically just looking at the timeline, this would have either been at the height of, or or right after where America was looking for the next Duck Dynasty. Yes, which which just became an industry for a while. Yes. Yes. Um, so you got to know when he, that's what he had to be thinking, mm-hmm. man, we're going to shoot this and this is going to be the next, next duck dynasty. And those guys are out, you know, messing around with ducks and this crazy guy's out here running around with pistols, messing with tigers and lions. People are going to love this show. Oh my goodness. And he's right. I mean, he is right. Cause like yeah. if they'd have put that show out with that guy on it, it would have been just as big as this movie is or this, this uh, miniseries. Who do you, think burned I think Joe 
benefited from the studio getting burned down. Yeah, because they were, like we were talking earlier, the guy said there was footage of him killing animals on there. Yeah. There was footage of how terrible a person he was. And he, he mysteriously has to go out of town. And while he's out of town, that's when his, that's when it burns down. Yeah. Uh, that's a little fishy to me, man. Yeah. That's a little fishy to me. I will also say this too. This is, this was one of the most shocking things that the, the documentary filmmaker had no backups of his footage. No, he did actually. Oh, he did. He had them. He had them backed up, and he had them in a safe. Yeah. The safe was in the studio, and the fire got so hot that it melted the backups. That's crazy, man. I don't remember. Yeah, he, he he did an interview that I watched, and he kind of it was about stuff that they didn't touch on. Yeah. And that was one of them that they did have it backed up. He just had them in a safe that was in the, in the studio and it got so hot that it ruined the backups too. Oh, isn't the point of buying a safe to keep <laughs> things safe? Yes, it is. Wow. I'm just going to go out on a limb. Yep. And, and say, Based on everything else I saw at that place, he probably found this safe <laughs> somewhere on that property and said, "Hey, we'll put our backups in there." Uh, you know, I, just based on everything else I saw on there, so it's probably a safe that Walmart was getting rid of. Do you think, like, I don't? They they talked a little bit about the contracts for yeah. the, for that. And I think Joe may have realized, hey, I'm not going to make as much money off of this. And I got, I've got, i had this guy filming, following me around, and he owns all the footage. Like right. That guy, I, I that guy that, was smart because he, Joe signed everything. That guy owns everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what he said. You know, he said, why would I burn that stuff up? That was my retirement. I was planning on getting, becoming a millionaire off of that. And I agree with him. I think he's right. And I think, he said it himself. There was footage on there of Joe being a despicable human being. Yeah. And that's kind of your, um, that's like your insurance policy on yes. top of that. That's right. It's like, hey, you know, this deal better not go sour or I've got all of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very, very interesting. You know, he had, he mentioned it. Barely that he had a nervous breakdown. Oh yeah, when he left, like like he um he was living there. He lived there for a year. Yeah, and just kind of left right in the middle of the night and left everything. And like he went, he like had inpatient therapy. Yeah, after I he mean, went it like, deep in. Yeah, like it really. He really did have a nervous breakdown because he had invested a year of his life yeah. and his money and his time in this, and then it just got destroyed. I think. You know? Was he one of the ones that kind of exposed how nasty the living conditions were in some of the trailers? It seemed to be. Uh, you know, he seemed to be. I. You know, I don't know. Was there anything more fitting than there being a trailer park at Joe Exotic Zoo? <laughs> Was it, was it the tra- 
did they have the zoo and then put in the trailer park, or was there a trailer park there that they just built the zoo around? I think it's probably a little bit of both. I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing that they they probably grew up together. But I, for me, on the whole thing, I, I would say this, that the documentary guy, he's kind of like a neutral character. Yeah, I think so. Because I don't know that he really did anything despicable other than you're you're pretty much filming crimes and felonies and you're not really blowing the whistle on some of that. Well, he talked about that too, that being one of the issues that he had. He said he knew all this stuff was going on and he was he was he was shooting it in a way to cover that up because he was trying to make money off of it. And he said he did feel bad about that. So crazy, man. Um Let's, okay, uh, I'm going through the list in my head of people I want to talk about. Let's talk about the doc in uh, Myrtle Beach, and I use that term loosely. He's a doctor yeah. of spiritual medicine? Is he's that, a, that he's is? A, he's a, I think he's John Cena's brother, the doctor of thugonomics. <laughs> but you think that PhD is as valuable as the thugonomics, huh? Yeah, I do. I think so. Um, I thought, obviously, um... What's the word I'm trying to look for? Uh, eccentric would be a good word. Yeah, he's definitely eccentric. I, I think, and I said, I think his his place down there uh, in Myrtle Beach. I think, I don't. I think he's really trying to provide a better habitat for his tigers. Yes, when you looked at his, like I didn't see all the cages and the metal. Right. I saw tigers on the grass. I saw. Um, but there was one guy, he's like, oh yeah, I've come here every day of my vacation. And I'm like, bro, and it's like three or $400 to pay. Well, he said he hit, the guy said he hit the lottery. Huh? That guy hit the lottery. What? It, yeah, go back. There's a very quick scene. I know the guy you're talking about. And they said something. Him. He said, yeah, I know how much it cost. I hit the lottery recently, and I'm just doing this on my vacation. Oh. Yeah, because it's like, uh, it's about 450. Okay. 400-something bucks, and you only get like 20 minutes. You know, I'm going to be, if I'm being 100% honest, if I won the lottery, that would be one of the things. I'm going to be honest with you, Cat. Uh-huh. Uh, the next time I'm in Myrtle Beach, I'm going to do it anyway. There you go. There you I mean, go. I ain't even got to hit the lottery. I'm just going to go do it next time I'm in Myrtle Beach. You kidding me? I want to play with one of those baby tigers. Huh? Essex be damned. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? I mean. No, I'm, probably, I'm not going to do that. But I mean, there's a part of me that wants to, but I also, I just, I know that I would feel bad about it. I would not feel good about it. Like you wouldn't it feel bad about it while stuff. you're playing with a baby freaking tiger. Yeah, probably not. I would feel good about it. I would be okay with it then. But like days later, it would like it would be a, a thing for me because yeah, I know yeah. like I would feel bad about doing it. I would feel like I had exploited that animal. Yeah. Yeah, I think if my dad were like setting up cat like you pay and come watch the cows yeah like a dude ranch yeah people don't pay people 
there doesn't seem to be a big market for people paying to come watch cows live. Yeah, there is. There's a huge market. You've seen the movie City Slickers, No, no, right? no. I'm talking about, no, no, no. I'm, they're participating with the cows. I'm talking about just to sit in your car and watch the cows out in the pasture. What if, what if we set up a safari where you come, pay the money, we get in a Jeep, and we just ride through the pasture looking at cows? Would people pay to get up close and personal to the Black Angus? <laughs> the Black Angus cow. <laughs> I'm sure somebody would. You know, people probably love to bring their kids out there, and you could set up hay, and they could throw hay out. You could get your work. They could pay you to come feed the cows every day. You sell them a bale of hay for 15 bucks, and you drive them out and let them feed the cows. It's like, hey, if for, for 30 bucks, you can drive this tractor and take the hay out to them. Yeah, that's what I mean. There you go. That's, you know, you know... I've always wanted to do the city slickers on the farm. It, I mean, it wouldn't be like an overnight thing. It'd take about 30 minutes, but you get on your horse and you just move them from one pasture to the one right next to it. Yeah. Do you, does your dad do that? Does he use horses or does he walk? He uses a, he doesn't walk. He uses, he uses a, a golf cart, doesn't he? He uses a, he's great. We went from, uh, we went from like an old beat up Jeep to three wheelers to four wheelers to now he's got one of those gator things. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, that's what I figured. Which, I'm telling you, I don't know why they buy these, like, really nice gators, and then, like, within six or eight hours, that thing is covered in mud and ruined. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I think you're just not a, you're not a working man. <laughs> no, 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 no. What I mean is. Like, like you. I mean, I buy expensive work boots, and six hours later, they're they're ruined too. No, no. But what I mean is, uh, I'm like, I guess you don't wash it because it's just gonna get messed up the next day. But yeah, they bought it to use it, man. Um, speaking of buying it to use it, <laughs> let's talk about Joe Exotic. Oh, I thought you wanted to talk about Jeff Lowe. <laughs> Oh, yeah, let's talk about him first. Let's save Joe for last. Speaking of buying it to use it. <laughs> uh, I would say Jeff Lowe, one of the most sketchiest characters I've ever seen. Eh, I, would, I mean, I wouldn't say ever seen. I know you like to speak in. Uh, I mean, he's top 100. Absolutely. Huh? Is he, he's top 100, ain't he? I don't know, man. I, you know, I don't. What did he do? Well, he, yeah, he's pretty sketchy. It's, I'm not talking about what. I, I'm not talking about what we know. I'm talking about how did this oh, guy? Yeah. Like they never say. They never say. You know what? Jeff Lowe owns a construction company and he's made his money. Like they never say. You know, Jeff Lowe was a was a gun dealer, or, or you know, they never tell you what his profession is. It's just assumed. Hey, this guy's got a lot of money. And you this see his lifestyle, and you're like, "Huh, something." There's something they're not telling us, but everybody else knows what they're not telling us, and everybody else on the show knows that if we knew what they were not telling us, we'd be like, "Oh, that guy ought to be in jail." Yeah, yeah that's true. So let's he's, speculate. He's amb he's ambiguous. That's very true. Very very true. So if you had to speculate on how Jeff Lowe made his money to begin with, 
what would you what would be your top three choices? Uh, probably some sketchy real estate investment. Oh, that's good. That's good. Had not um, considered that. And I mean, other than that, I'm not going to accuse the guy of something that I, you know what I mean? I, Maybe some money he There's a pretty good chance that he just inherited it. That's also true. That's kind of, because he said his granddad owned a circus. Um, his granddad owned like a huge menagerie of animals at some point. And he might have just, uh, you know. Yes, I mean, you're right. I mean, I, so I, I was under the impression that he's probably a trust fund kid. I, do I get the feeling with him that where it ends up that they're building this new zoo and he's partners with this other guy and then they're not partners um, I get, the, I got the feeling that building a new zoo and doing all that wasn't really what he had in mind because that was going to require actual work. And I never, not once got the feeling that Jeff Lowe had any interest in any actual work. No, no, no. He's, uh, yeah, he definitely wasn't wanting to get his hands dirty. And I think that seemed to be what the falling out was between the other guy was doing all the work. Right, and the other guy seemed to be putting some money up. And he kept waiting on Jeff Lowe to put his money up, and it didn't seem to be happening. And he probably realized, man, I'm paying for everything. If I pay, even if I'm paying for half of it, I'm doing a hundred percent of the work while he's walking around. Right, you know, trying to get women to come out here, and they probably just got tired of dealing with it. But I wouldn't be surprised. I think they were saying they were trying to open by spring break, which is right around this time. And right. there's just like I just got the sense that you have a guy in Jeff Lowe who's being involved in shady dealings, it appears. And he's trying what do you to say? Yeah, we don't know that. Yeah, I yeah, I say it appears. It's insinuated. And it's almost like he's trying to go legitimate with the zoo. And it, and it, I just get the feeling that it's not going to work out. Yeah, probably not. I mean, I just the tide is changing in this country anyway. We talked about it earlier with um, with all these little roadside zoos, man. The tide is changing. People look at animals different now. Yeah, yeah. Where where are all the tigers now? I mean, at one point, it was like 227 tigers that Joe Exotic had. Where are those tigers now? Are they at the old zoo or at the, the new zoo? That's a good question. I don't know. They need to do a follow-up with all these people. Yeah, well, it needs to be like when Gordon Ramsay goes back to the the restaurant he helped and they do an update. We need that. That's we, right. We, we also that. this we're also seeing there may be a market for a zoo version of Gordon Ramsay where the guy goes in and says <laughs> this is unethical, this is not safe, this is not good. We got to and then they all come in and everything's repainted and it's like a zoo makeover. That's what we need. That's, that's right. Zoo rescue. Zoo rescue, that's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, I couldn't believe you are serving pizza with meat off the Walmart truck. You disgust me. Yeah. He's been there. What is this? Walmart. What, what's wrong with you, mate? Here, I, I don't. Speaking of food, is it legal? Like, would it be legal to breed? Tigers, raise them, kill them, and eat them. I know that it is legal to raise and kill and eat lions because people do that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. There's I'm a couple of restaurants. I mean, they don't do it often, but they'll have lion on their menu occasionally. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look it up, man. That's a real thing. I mean, people eat lion. Oh, I didn't know that was an option. It is. How much that cost? I think it's pretty expensive because you're not getting a whole lot of it, you know. There's a guy somewhere that breeds them for that. He farms lions to to kill and eat. What do you feed? Well, lions ain't going to eat the corn to get all fat and good. But I I would be curious. what I wouldn't want to eat a lion that was eating off the Walmart truck. No. Heck no, man. No. What if my dad could raise cows that they fed the lions that people were going to eat? Boy, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Hey. All right, and we're back. Sorry for that little delay. Uh, <laughs> had a few technical difficulties. <laughs> do you feel better? I do feel a lot better. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I think we were talking about the sketchiness of uh, Jeff Lowe, um, and and when they first introduce his wife, she's not his wife. I think he was married to somebody else. I don't know. I can't. Get, I need a relationship like, map. It seems like yeah, like he. Had, uh, it seems like they did talk about that. And like the next, if they did one of these in ten years, like. A lot of these people have kids that were not part of this that then we're going to get their side of this story. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the weird thing, this whole thing. There's no children. Like, That's you know, probably a good thing. No, 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 no. Very good thing. Very good thing. Um, we would be horrified if we found out there was a kid I'm... living in one of those trailers at Joe Exotic's well, park. You know, I don't want to get into the into a whole biological discussion with you, but a guy that's married to two other guys ain't going to have any kids. Well, I'm talking about everybody else because John got one of the girls living there pregnant. True, true. Yeah, it would terrify me to think there was a small child running around that place. Do you think... But, but, but not surprise me. I mean, there's places like that here in Pendleton. Do you think... That there is, a, I'm sure there's got to be an organization that oversees zoos. And do you think that in, per their regulations and investigations, that uh, meth and orgies in the proximity of exotic animals, wild animals, would be discouraged and frowned upon? I, I would think so. And I think, I and mean, I may be wrong. But that uh, that organization would be the USDA, right? Yes, yes. The We're very familiar with you. I want to know, like, let's just, let me just rant here for a minute. My family used to own 
A That's meat. right. I knew this was coming. <laughs> we used to own a meat packing plant. Uh-huh. Had to shut the place down because the regulations just kept changing where, where it was harder and harder to own and operate um, right. a business like that. You're telling me that the mom and pops trying to feed people, you know, people would bring in a pig and we would do the pig for them and then they'd have the meat. And you're telling me you're making it harder for people like that to earn an honest living, but this guy can go breed tigers in the back of his truck and sell uh-huh. them to, like, what in the world? You can't tell me that Joe Exotic was not bribing Somebody along the way. You can't tell me I'm that. Sure. I'm sure, man. You know, I'm sure. You know, it's like uh, allegedly Shaq got a couple of tigers from him. Yeah. I don't think it's alleged. I mean, Shaq said that he gave me a tiger. So what I'm guessing happened is he ain't allowed to sell Shaq a tiger. But he is probably allowed to give Shaquille O'Neal a tiger. And Shaquille O'Neal's probably allowed to donate money to his zoo. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's probably... Yeah. What's weird is what ended up getting him on some charges was that somebody was keeping records of their illegal activities. Yeah. Somebody was keeping track of all the miles they were driving across state lines to illegally sell these animals. Yeah. And all this time he thought it was for tax purposes. No. <laughs> um, any can we can I just say Jeff Lowe, he's married to that do rag, ain't he? Oh yeah. yeah. He's he went to a funeral and kept the do rag and he broke that he broke out the good Oakley hat. But but yeah, he had the do he's he's got the Axel Rose thing going on. Have you ever seen people People that I have typically seen wear Oakley hats do not actually have Oakley sunglasses. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Have you ever owned a pair of Oakley sunglasses? I actually do have a pair of Oakley. I have a pair of Oakley and a pair of Coasters. All right. Well, wait, let's move on. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> you ask. i got to be honest. No, no. That's. I mean, I just have not... Um, I, I just remember when Oakleys were a big thing, you know, growing up. And then you're like, wait, they, how much, you know? Yeah. But, now, the ones that I have are not like the ones that you're thinking of, the baseball player look. I don't have Oakleys that look like that. Yeah. You know, mine are more traditional sunglass looking. I had the more traditional Folkleys, you know. <laughs> which it pretty much describes everybody in this documentary series. <laughs> yeah, Folkley. <laughs> Folkley. That's a, that's a word for these folks. Folkley. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about Joe Exotic. I, we put it off long enough. Um, here, man, just... It is. It's just sad, and it's not yeah. sad. It's not sad that he's. Well, that's it. We'll see y'all. Huh? That should be it. That should be all we say about it. <laughs> just sad. All right, I'm Heath Mulligan, and I'm Mark Whitman. That's it. This week's fans. So long for now. I mean, it's it's. Um, I don't even know. 
It's not sad that he ended up in prison. It's sad that this is his life. Yeah, it's it's like the irony. All that this guy ever seemed to want is to be famous, and now he's infamous, and he can't enjoy the celebrity. Right, and he can't cash in on it. Right. He's finally famous, and he's got to enjoy it from a jail cell. And, he's, and evidently, he's got the coronavirus. Is I saw that yesterday. Word. They think he, he's got the coronavirus. How... Dude, I don't understand that, Mark. If you are in prison and you are in such a controlled environment to where, hey, this is going on, we're going to bring you your food to your cell, don't leave your cell, don't leave. I don't understand. Man, I I don't know. Um, Here's the thing. You get to the end of the whole series. And Joe Exotic has turned on everybody. He's working with Peter now. He's working with Peter now. He's trying to get Carol <laughs> shut down. Yeah, I mean, I guess he looks and figures they all, you know, they all screwed him over, and now he's going to try to get them any way he can. So when he when he gets out, if he gets out of jet prison, he can't go back. No, I'll be honest with you. I don't think he's getting out. I mean, I... He already was what? He looked like he was in his mid-50s, right? He got like 29 years. I don't know how long he's got with parole, but, you know, you just do the math on 29 years, and he didn't look like he was in perfect health. (laughs) No, he did not. I mean, he he obviously took very good care of himself. Yeah, I mean, I guess he probably did. I don't you know, worry. let me ask you this. We talked in the last episode about all the drugs. But he doesn't look, it doesn't look like he was maybe partaking in all of that. Well, you'll find that a lot with those people like that. They, they, they You know, Charles Manson um, was notorious for having everybody there on acid and he would pretend to take acid. Oh. So everybody else was on acid and he could, he could, he was, and they would think that he, he would just pretend like he was, or he might take a dose. They might take three doses and he'd take a half a dose. So he, you know, he could, he could use that to control people. That's a very common thing. That's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about, you know, I mean, the, the guy that did the documentary would talk about how he would go to the bus stop, just like a pimp. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you, it, it's the same, it's the same MO as, as a pimp. You go find these people that are down on their luck and, and you promise them the world and you want to help them and you start out helping them and, and then you introduce and you, you, you feed their addictions you provide them a place to live. I mean, it, it's uh, it's manipulation of people. It seems like on the opposite side, the doc, he's not like pulling, well, he's not pulling like random needy homeless people off the street. He's, he's selectively recruiting. Attractive young women. Attractive young women, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, man, that's grown folks can do whatever they want to do, man. True, 
Very true. Um, you know, I where what else is there to say about Joe Exotic? I mean, wh- I mean, what a fascinating, just the like, just almost unreal. Just an unreal yeah, he, character. He's like a cartoon character. He's like you know Yosemite Sam and. And I, you don't know what, I don't know that we ever saw, how do I say this? It's obvious he created a persona. Right. And so I don't know if on this documentary we ever really see the real guy. You know, let's equate it to wrestling and bring it all back around to that. Yeah. He, he created a gimmick and then he started living the gimmick and then he became the gimmick. Joe Exotic is the Ric Flair of animals. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. Ric Flair was the greatest of all time. Uh, He's the Tiger King. He ain't the Tiger Prince, Mark. He's well, the Tiger King. They call him the Tiger King, so yeah, yeah. you got a point. But when we talk about the greatest, we're not. We're talking about the chase to the bottom, not the chase to the top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I just feel like he, he created this persona. He turned the cameras on and, and created the show. He wanted to be, he wanted to be famous by any means yeah. necessary. And I've seen several things about how, for him, to him, people were not paying to come to the zoo to see the tigers. He legitimately thought people were coming and paying to see him. Well, they said that on the on the show. He told Jeff Lowe that. Oh, um, he said something along the lines that you don't understand. Like they're they're not coming for the tigers; they're coming for me. Like I'm the face of this. Yeah. Mm. Crazy. Interesting guy, man. Interesting character study on a on a couple of strange human beings. Yeah. Um... Just um, yeah, just it just it's it's one of the saddest things that I've ever seen. That there are people like the the amount of depravity on this show. Like just like no moral compass. No, even Carol, who's supposed to be like. All her, like no, it's like Sappy says at the end. No, nobody's helping the animals. Right. Yeah, that was to me that wrapped up everything. All these people claim to be advocates for animals, but animals are like the one thing that didn't benefit from any of this. No, no animals benefited from any of their actions. But it, do you ever like? I've thought about this in the week since I've watched it. That like right now. There's 200 and something tigers sitting in the middle of Oklahoma. Like, I don't know if they're being fed right now. Yeah. It's amazing that there are more tigers in captivity in the U.S. than there are in the rest of the world in the, in, in, in the wild. Yeah. Amazing. It's amazing. 
I would look to me the, the the next reality show to do would be to take some of these American tigers into the wild and see if they could survive. Yeah, you know, you wonder if they would be able to, man. I, I, it seems like if you took some cubs and released them, but then again, so the older tigers are probably going to kill those cubs. I mean, right. there has to be the mother there to protect them for a few years. And there's such a... And you got to know, you know the way they get the white tigers uh-uh. is through is through inbreeding, right? No. Yeah, that's not, a, that doesn't, that only occurs from inbreeding. That's why a lot of them, there was even a scene. A lot of them are cross-eyed. Yeah. If you if you saw the one that Jeff Lowe had in his car, it was cross-eyed. Yeah, that comes from inbreeding. But anytime you see a, a white tiger, there's been some some unethical inbreeding going on. So you're telling me who were the two who were the two magicians, Siegfried and Roy? Yeah, Roy. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know that was a big thing. Is they had all these. White tigers, and then one of them ended up, you know, turning on. Yeah, yeah, turning on the guy. They tried to say he was having a stroke, and that tiger was trying to save him, but I don't think anybody bought that story. Was the tiger trying to give him CPR or something? And <laughs> right. His mouth, he bit his head right. off. Yeah, it could sense that. Yeah, it like it, it messed him up, man. They had to quit doing that show. I think. Is one of them dead now? I don't know. I don't think so, but he could be. I did not know. I really didn't know that white tigers came from inbreeding. Yeah, I was reading that the other day. That's that's where that comes from. All I know is if a white cow showed up on my dad's farm, we'd need to do a DNA test. Yeah, I bet. Uh, yeah, this, like Joey. Uh, I think we have all known people that could have been I mean I'll be honest I could be if if I turned Heath up to 11 and like took off all more boundaries I could be a Joe Exotic type character absolutely absolutely and if I had no moral character I could be your right hand man you could be the guy Will that that would get the money and get to get to do his interview in the tub. Exactly. <laughs> but instead, here we are doing the double drop kick show. That's right, the longest running wrestling podcast in Oconee County, South Carolina. <laughs> um. Any other? I mean, look at my our time here. I, any other thoughts on? I mean. There's so many. I feel, so like we'll come back. I feel like we'll come back to this. I think so. There's so much that we didn't talk about. and that You know, you're just not. Like, I would have to go back and really. I'm just, like, every 20 or 30 seconds, there was something that happened on that show. Yeah, I'm just. you spend an hour talking about. I'm going to go re-watch it this week. No yeah. doubt. I'm going to go re-watch it. Because um, it's just. There's no words. To describe it, no words. It's like a it's like a real life black comedy, dark dark comedy. Right. You know what I mean? It's right. a real life one of those. 
What do you think the next? What do you think the? Um, what do you think the next Tiger King would be like? What do you think the subject matter would be? Because they've already kind of done the animals, but what'll be the next kind of like subculture, ridiculous thing that they'll maybe um, the secondary market for vintage collector um, Nikes and, and tennis shoes. That's not a bad, yeah, that's a, that, man. Whew. That's a subculture too, man. There's a lot of people that spend a lot of money on that stuff. I was watching something and they went and they didn't even mention it and the guy just had shelves and shelves of like unworn Nikes. Yeah. Yeah, there's an episode uh, on Disney Plus. Jeff, the Jeff Goldblum show on Disney Plus. He did one about the sneaker industry and and, and the collectors' market for that stuff. And these guys were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars buying up all these vintage sneakers. Well, and they also you got when the sneakers are released, you got kids sitting in line buying like six. Well, you you talked about your Nikes that if you had bought. You could have bought ten pair for a thousand dollars and sold them for three thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah, probably so. If I'd have wanted to, um, that there's you know when we were in L.A. that we we drove by the Supreme store. Yeah, what is the Supreme store? It's a brand, and they just open up every now and then, and they sell all this weird stuff that says Supreme on it, and it's just a you know the T-shirt will just say Supreme across the front, but they real limited quality quantities and they, they just open the store up and people line up. We, we saw the line outside the store. Um, and it's high. They sell these white t-shirts that say Supreme on them. And they're like, you know, a couple of hundred bucks and they sell all kind of weird stuff with their logo on it. Uh, they'll sell like a fire extinguisher that says Supreme or a sledgehammer, just crowbars. I mean, and it's an art thing and, and people buy them up and resell them. Who, when they do the sitcom for the Double Drop Kick show, who who are we casting to play Mark Whitman? You know, I tend to go with uh, with Brad Pitt. I think uh-huh. he would be a, a good, but realistically, uh, uh, Danny McBride. Yeah, I'm thinking for me, it's going to be I can I'm if we could breed Danny DeVito and David Spade. Yeah, that would be good. I think that would be uh, ultimately Farley and Spade would have would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty. <laughs> that would have been good. Uh, hey, you 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 remember you remember when we, <laughs> we used to go to wrestling? Well, let's wrap up Tiger King, and I do want to. We're recording this on. Uh, April fourth, WrestleMania night one tonight. I do want to talk a little bit about that. If you if you got a few more minutes, and we'll talk about yeah, wrestling. Sure. sure, let's do it. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And oh, we're gonna do an, We're gonna do another episode. Yeah, I yeah, let's, because we're an hour in on this one. We've done two oh. hours of Tiger King. Oh, that's right. Because we had to hang up because you had to poop. I was thinking we were only like twenty minutes in this episode. 
no, no. Yeah, we'd already done some, and then that's when you were talking about something, and you went, oh, hold on, I'll be back in a minute. I got yeah, I had, uh, had a medical emergency. <laughs> uh, El Crapo Quico is what the, <laughs> So, But, uh, hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Mark, I cannot wait to – I want to do a watch-along. Of Tiger King. Yeah, like yeah. I think there's more to this. You know, yeah, there's more yeah. to it. I know we didn't touch on everything. This was just a brief kind of overview. I know we missed some stuff. People will be like, I can't believe you didn't bring this up. Yeah, let's just, yeah. like, it'll be in the show notes. Hey, just scratching the surface here. You know, the biggest let, one of the biggest letdowns on the show was what? originally I see the guy with this missing two legs. Yeah. And, and then to find out that a tiger didn't bite his legs off. Yeah. That he he literally walked his feet off. Yeah, uh, if you, uh, you know, I know that's morbid, but if you can look me in the eye and tell me you weren't a little disappointed when you found out that 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 didn't happen from tigers, I think you're a liar. I still don't know if I believe it. Yeah, it was a zipline accident. He said, allegedly. Yeah. That's true. He may be covering for Jeff. I don't know. Do any of us really know what to believe at this point? That is a good point. So, all right, folks. Hey, this has been another action-packed, star-studded episode of the Double Drop Kick Show. Make sure you follow us on social media. Make sure, hey, go on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating and a five-star review. I don't want a two-star rating. I want five-star ratings. Uh, and if Dave Meltzer, if you're listening, you can give us a six star rating. I want them. I want that five golden nugget rating. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, for the Double Drop Kick Show, I'm Heath Mulliken. and I'm Mark Whitman. And that's it this week, fans. So long for now.